And there's an interesting passage in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1.18. It says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For us, does it really make sense at some level when we first begin to hear it because of our natural tendencies? We've been looking over these past several weeks at folly that's bound up in our heart and the foolish strategies that we live out as a result of the folly that's in our heart. And the core of the foolishness in us, the foolish strategies, is that we're living life without God. We're, we're choosing to live life independent of Him. And actually what we're doing is we're leaving Him out of our strategy. The foolish strategies are really a representation of the way that people go out after life, trying to get their way, trying to reach their goals without Him being included. And so Jesus came intentionally to die on the cross, which, which makes no sense at some level because of our, our, our hearts. He came to deal with the foolishness on the cross. Another word for the foolishness in the Scripture is sin. It means that we have rebelled against God. We've gone our own way. We've left Him out of our plans, left Him out of our strategies. We've tried to do life without Him. He paid the price for our foolishness on the cross. You heard in the testimony, I didn't need to punish myself anymore. I don't, you don't need to do that. Jesus took the punishment on himself on the cross. That seems foolish to our native way of thinking and our native way of living. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Because going about getting what we want the way that we naturally do makes, makes more sense to us. These native tendencies are familiar to us. And really, though, what we've been finding, what we've been looking at over the last several weeks is that as we live out these foolish strategies, the folly actually works against enduring success and happiness. That's what we really are going after. We're going after our success and our happiness. As we, as we set goals, we're choosing goals, and we're choosing to go after these goals. And what we're thinking is when we get there, when we achieve these goals, no matter how, we achieve them, then we're going to find that's going to be real success. That's going to be success and happiness and satisfaction and all of that. But folly, it turns out, really works against enduring success and happiness because when you, when you get there, things are sort of like a mirage. They go poof, look like a lake, look like a refreshing river of water. But when you get to these things and you gain success, and happiness, or you gain the things that you think are going to bring success and happiness, poof, it disappears. Because sometimes it's because of the way, the, the road you took to get there, the path you took to get there. You ran over everybody important to you, and it's a, it's a shallow, hollow victory that you have. But this makes sense to us, this, this, this strategy, at, at a level that, that resonates in our heart. Look at Proverbs 9, 13 through 18. This is an interesting passage. It says the woman folly is loud. It, folly is personified here as a woman. And we're going to look at a passage in a little bit that personifies wisdom as well. Wisdom is a woman as well. But the, the woman folly is loud. It's loud because it, it flows these strategies 
Halela and um, Eveleth and Halela and Ra, they, they make sense to us because they're embedded in our hearts, the Scripture says, and these strategies flow out of those things. And so folly is loud because it, it resonates in the world. This is the world's way of doing things. Things. I mean, just watch some sporting events. Self-exaltation, how Layla runs rampant. You know, hey, man, I am bad. You know, I am the baddest. <laughs> and it makes sense to us to hear guys just brag about how they just put the other guy down and how they're going to put him down. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's rampant in our world. So this, this woman folly is loud, and that makes sense at some level to us because it resonates in our hearts. The media draws us in this direction. Our culture pulls us like a river that's pulling us in the direction. So the woman folly is loud. She is undisciplined and without knowledge. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city. In other words, she's got a megaphone loud enough for everybody to hear. Everybody is paying attention to her. She's calling out to those who pass by who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come in here. She says to those who lack judgment, stolen water is sweet, food eaten in secret is delicious, but little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of the grave. It's interesting as you, as you operate out of folly and develop these foolish strategies, things die. Things shrivel and die. You, you run into dead ends. You hit dead ends in relationships. Uh, divorces flow out of these things. Roommates don't get along. They have to find a new place to live because of the folly and the foolishness. Coworkers really don't enjoy getting up in the morning and going to work because that fool's going to be there. <laughs> that fool tends to be everybody else. <laughs> um, you lose your job because of your foolishness sometimes. Taking life the easy way, or even the reactive way. You react, you blow up, and boom, in an instant, it's gone. You lose your job. Your personal goals are, are thwarted. And, and you're, the, the things that you start out wanting and aiming for fade into the background because you just realize, well, I just, I can't get past, I can't get past some things about myself. Why even try? I'm just going to just settle for whatever life brings just going to go with it. In contrast to folly, wisdom is the key to enduring success and happiness. You find this in Proverbs 3, 13 through 18. It says, Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. You know what? We want our way developed because we think it's going to make us happy. We think it's going to bring blessing. We're trying to create our own blessed state by doing the things that we want. That means blessing. To, to blessing means that things are, are well with us. Things are good with us. Life is good. And it turns out that blessing flows out of wisdom, not our folly, not our own strategies. It says, blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. Here she is personified again. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. So there's a priority to wisdom over silver, gold, and rubies. We want those because we think those are the signs of success. 
you can walk around with a big rock on your finger, you know, the bling bling, then, hey, you know, that's a sign of success. That's what you want. They bring happiness. Long life, this is wisdom again. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. You know, there's a, there's a part of us that really wants to be significant in life. Significance is a legitimate desire. How Layla self-praise where we're putting ourselves above everybody else and in an arrogant, haughty way looking down on people, that's, that's wrong. But there's a, there's a desire in us to be significant, to be honored, to be respected, to be doing something in the world that makes a difference. That, that's a legitimate desire. But receiving that, the, the satisfaction that comes out of that, flows out of wisdom, not folly. It's not something you, you climb on other people to get. It, it's something that it, it comes as you handle your life in a way that brings honor to God and blessing to the people around you, then you're truly respected. And you find significance in that. It says of wisdom also in verse 17, her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace, not raw, not harm, that other folly. She is a tree to life, she is a tree of life, to those who embrace her, those who lay hold of her will be blessed. Wow, what a valuable thing. We're going to start a series. That's what the amazing journey is all about. We're going to talk about wisdom, the first steps. We're going to talk about the first step today into the realm of wisdom, and then we're going to talk a little bit about how to go down the path of wisdom and, and grow in it as on the 22nd. Where do we find wisdom? And it's valuable commodities. Wow, that's, that's what we want. Proverbs 3 just described what we want. All the treasures of wisdom are found in Jesus Christ. That's what the scriptures say. Because of the cross, we can have a relationship with God and all of the benefits of wisdom. Look at Colossians 2. 2 and 3. It says, my purpose, he, the writer God has the writer write down his purpose for writing this letter. Um, and he, he says, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. Christ is the mystery of God. In other words, he is the way, he is the one who opens up all the treasures because in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He is the key to the life we've always wanted. He is the key to the right kind of significance, the right kind of life and blessing, a blessing that endures, that is both now, here and now, and on through eternity. We find blessing in him. If you choose to follow Christ, then he will lead you, he's going to lead you away from folly and into wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 through 30 also says some interesting things. It says that God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the, the, the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. If you're going to have a relationship with the Lord, 
What it means is you've got to admit I have nothing to bring to the table. God, I need you in my life to fill me and to lead me into the life that you've intended for me and the life that I've always wanted. So God sets it up so that the cross, in some ways, is even offensive to people in the world. It's it's offensive because we've got to humble ourselves to include him in our life, to include the Lord Jesus in our life. And then in verse 30 it says, It is because, because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us the wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. You don't have to work on being righteous and holy. You only need to accept the righteousness and holiness that he gives and the redemption that he brings. The way into wisdom is to make Jesus Christ your Lord. I'd like to show you a feature from the station, one of the features on the DVD. It's the message behind the station. Alex is is basically sharing the definition of what it means to be a Christian according to the Bible. And I'd like to watch it because this is how you begin the journey of wisdom. This is the starting point. If if you have already committed your life to Christ as you watch this, just show gratitude or turn, return gratitude to God for My name is Alex Barrett the and life I played Greg on him. the well, station. Well, jumping the gun a little bit. That was Alex Barrett. He played Greg on the station. <laughs> um, if, if there's a point too on this on this, I don't know if you watched it on the DVD, but there's a a point in the explanation that says. If you have any questions about how to commit your life to Christ, please call Church in the Valley or look on the website. Instead of doing that, if you really are wondering, if you feel like you're ready to commit your life to Christ and you have questions about how to do that, it's going to explain that on on the, the video. But let us know on the welcome card. If you've committed your life to Christ recently, we want to encourage you in that. Let us know on that blue welcome card and drop it in the offering later on. Here's Here's Alex. If you're like me, you may have noticed some characteristics of these characters and thoughts yourself. Well, deep down, I can identify myself with that person. The fact is, we can all identify with each character somewhat because we all have foolish strategies at work in our hearts. We all have tools we try to use to get what we want. And these strategies can be really detrimental to us as we walk through life. The good news is that we have hope. God wants us to have a relationship with him and experience godly wisdom, which is the opposite of our foolish tendencies. What a relief. The Bible tells us that the beginning step on the path of wisdom is to have the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord does not mean we are scared of approaching God, but it means that we begin to have a relationship with Him and allow Him to start calling the shots in our life. This is where the journey of being a Christian begins. I'd like to share with you the Bible's definition of a Christian because... So many of us have a different notion of what the word Christian even means. The Bible is specific in explaining what it means to have a relationship with God. And I would like to use an acrostic to explain the process of becoming a Christian. The first letter in the acrostic is B. This stands for believe. A Christian is one who believes that Christ died for you on the cross to pay for your sin and rose again. This belief is having faith that Jesus is who he said he was. A verse that highlights this belief is 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. It says, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins 
according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. The second letter of the acrostic is A, which stands for admit. To become a Christian, you must admit that you are a sinner. A sin means that you have missed the mark. All of us can relate to the fact that we have sinned at one point or another. A verse that highlights this fact, that we are all sinners, is Romans 3.23. And it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The third letter of the acrostic is another A, which stands for agree. To become a Christian, you must agree to turn from your sin and turn to God. This agreement is referred to in the Bible as repentance. Repentance is literally like making a U-turn or changing roads. It does not mean that I must never do anything wrong again. It really means that, that I was going my own way and I decided to turn and go God's way as a general pattern of my life. When I change roads, I'm asking the question, who leads my life? Is it me or is it God? A verse in the Bible that shows this process is Acts 20, 21. And it says, I've declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. The next letter of the acrostic is another A, and that stands for acknowledge. To become a Christian, you must acknowledge that Jesus Christ is God, and you must agree to make Christ the boss of your life. This acknowledgement means that we must realize that God needs to call the shots in our lives. It is kind of like allowing God in the driver's seat of your life. Romans 10.9 is what shows us what this process looks like. And it says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The last letter of the acrostic is another A, which stands for accept. To become a Christian, you must accept God's free gift of eternal life that he is offering. If I want to give you a gift and hold it out, the gift is not yours until you reach out and accept it. This is how it is with God's free gift of eternal life. He's freely giving it to us and we must accept it. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 is a passage that explains this acceptance. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And it's not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. This is the Bible's definition of a Christian, and this is the way that you can begin a relationship with God. When God becomes the boss of your life, you really do start to experience life in a different way. You will still have problems, and you'll still have to deal with your foolish strategies. But when you enter in a relationship with God, you will get help, and you'll begin taking steps onto the path of wisdom. If you have any questions that you need answered before you can commit your life to Christ, please don't hesitate to contact us. You can call us at 909-860-1672, or you can email us at info at churchinthevalley.com. If you are ready to commit your life to Christ and become a Christian, you can turn this acrostic into a prayer. Pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and rose again. I admit that I'm a sinner. I agree to turn from my sin and turn to God. I acknowledge that you are God, Lord Jesus, and I agree to make you the boss of my life. I accept the free gift of eternal life, and I thank you for this gift. Amen. When you decide to commit your life to Christ, uh, he becomes your Lord. Boss is another way of saying that. I don't know if you've had several bad bosses in your life, that word boss may...
stir you, but he's a very good boss, and he leads you into a good life if you'll follow him. But anyway, there's a circle I have on the screen. Your life is made up of many different areas, uh, your family, your time, your money, your work, recreation, marriage or dating, toward marriage, whatever, uh, school or anything else in your life. What it means to commit your life to Christ is that you give him the place in the center of your life and then he begins to call the shots in the way that you handle your time, your money, your recreation, the way you relate to your family, the way you do your work, what you what you do with your life, any anything else in your life. He calls the shots in every area of your life. That is the first step into wisdom, the Scripture says. He is the wisdom from God. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This is a description of the fear of the Lord. It means that as you live your life, you're realizing God is watching and you're, trying, you're taking Him seriously. You're trying to do life the way that He wants you to do it. He made us. He designed life to work a certain way. And we're setting out to do life His way from now on. If Jesus is going to come into your life, he's going to be the Lord of your life. And he accepts you just like you are. You don't need to clean up your life to, to, to become a Christian. But after you commit your life to Christ, he is going to help you begin to make changes in all of these areas, changes that will bring his blessing into your own life and the life of those around you, that will bring enduring success and happiness as you continue to follow him. If you're already a Christian, if you've already committed your life to Christ, Growing in wisdom is just this. It's, it's as you live life in each area, each arena of your life, you're trying to figure out what pleases God. And as you live in a way that pleases Him, you're growing in wisdom. Ecclesiastes 2 says, To the man who pleases Him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. Happiness turns out to be a gift. And we're going to find out how to live life in a way that brings His blessing on us in the next several weeks. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for the truth that we find in the Scripture and how you, dear God, want us to know what life is all about. You, you want us, you, you have revealed the mystery in the person of Jesus Christ and you have shown us how to find the life we've always wanted, how to get what we really want in you. It's in you, Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the life that you live, the way you sacrificed for us. We honor you this day for real, as they did a couple thousand years ago on that day. They laid the palms down in front of you. We thank you for the way that you have loved us. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.